0: Sex talk with Erica Miley. Cause sexuality is tough. And okay, sex isn't good enough. No. Sex talk with Erica Miley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sex Talk with Erica Miley. Erica Miley here. I'm glad to be with you all this week. So, first things first: <laughs> trigger warning. This episode is all about sexual assault, and I'm calling it sexual assault part one because I don't think this is going to be the only episode about sexual assault that I release. The biggest reason for it, the reason I'm doing this episode at all, is around the world, this is a conversation that we're having, and especially here in the U.S., it is things have happened in the news that have basically poured gasoline on this conversation about sexual assault and sexual assault victims and perpetrators. So first, I wanna say, the biggest reason behind this episode is I have worked with both victims of sexual assault and perpetrators of sexual assault. Second, I myself have dealt with sexual assault twice in my life. The first, when I was a child, I was about four. And second, while I was in high school, I was about 17. I'm not going to go into the details of those two experiences of my life. I just say that because it contributed to who I am today. Not only have the has the work that I've done contributed to who I am today, the experiences of my life, of course, have contributed to who I am today. And that is the case for every single one of my clients, every single person out there listening to this podcast, that your experiences of your life contribute to who you have become today. The things that I'm seeing on social media that have been said about sexual assault, it's driven by fear. And the things that I've seen have been atrocious. I know it is not what many of the people who I've seen say these things. It's not part of their values. The things that I've seen said by people that I know personally, I know their character. I know who they are. I grew up with some of them or they were the parents of people I grew up with or whatever the case may be. I know for a fact that those things that they have said on their social media do not align with the values they hold as people. So I want to address that first. As a country, we have a serious problem with how we deal with talking about sex to our children and ourselves. Let me say this right now. Sexual assault may have the word sex in it, but it is not that. Sexual assault is about power and control and not about pleasure and consent between two people. And I think that's a really important thing that we need to understand right now. The other thing is I really believe America as a whole needs therapy. (laughs) We need to come back to being human and recognizing the humanness of the other person on the other side of the screen. Some of the things that I've seen posted on social media are very similar and echoes of the things I heard my clients say when I was working with people who have committed sex offenses. The things these clients said were not because they were monsters. They're not these mythical, (laughs) evil things that go bump in the night. They're people. That said these things because they have great shame and fear and have a giant lack of understanding of their own physical and sexual arousals. This seems to run parallel to what happens when someone is public about being harmed. When someone says, hey, this is what happened to me, Someone will hear their story, will hear their pain, and they get afraid, and they don't know what to do with it. So they often respond with, well, what, what was she wearing? Or what were you doing? What were you doing that you deserved it? Or the thing that I've been seeing lately is, how would you feel if this was your son being accused? <laughs> Folks, time to pull back. Time to take a deep breath and really really think before you speak or log on to any social media of any kind saying those things may take some steam out of the angry teapot but it is a red herring it is not real anger is a secondary emotion it is it is a sign of other things typically Fear and sadness, and other various versions of fear and sadness. So, ultimately, these questions are fundamentally the wrong questions to be asking. Not asking a person who's been harmed, what were they doing? (laughs) Or what were they wearing? Or letting fear drive your truck When fear is speaking, when shame is speaking, we're not speaking from the place of our values and our deeply held beliefs. The questions that we could be asking that are far, far more helpful is, how can I help my children be protected from harm? How can I help them understand their bodies and consent, how can I help them know they can come to me or a person that is close to them if someone they know hurts them? Because here's the deal, folks. As someone who's worked with both victims and perpetrators, something we know is that sexual assault happens by people we know. So how do you create connection and not fear and disconnection? Because the people in your life, specifically your children, need your connection, not disconnection right now. The people in your life that that you love, the people that you are connected to, even if you're only connected to them by social media, at one point in your life, more than likely, you had a relationship with that person. You had an in-person relationship, and you saw that person and their humanness. And what that person needs right now is not for you to walk away and say something to disconnect you. They need you to take a deep breath, call on your courage, and sit in the discomfort and start asking questions. And those questions need to be more like, how can I help? How can I be with you? How can I sit with you? I know what I'm saying is incredibly difficult. When we have negative emotions, one of the first things we typically do is want to run from them, avoid them, or yell at them to make them go away. (laughs) But that doesn't work. I often use this analogy with my clients. I say, have you ever tried to put a garbage can over a geyser? It might work for like a second. <laughs> but then it'll just fly off. Our feelings are very similar. When you avoid them, when you push them down, they will pop up. And it seems that many people are allowing those emotions to pop up and out on social media so i ask you the next time before your next post whether whether or not you believe if someone was harmed or not that's not the question <laughs> this is what i want you to try and this is honest to goodness i i am not being snarky or accusatory in any way because i understand that This, no matter if you've experienced sexual assault yourself or if you're listening to someone tell you they've experienced sexual assault, it is an extremely scary thing to hear. And that is my belief that is where these responses are coming from. Fear. So this is what I want you to try. The first thing that I want you to try is I want you to turn on curiosity. And what that means is, I want you to turn on your detective cap. I want you to actually think about it this way. Not that you're going to get in a debate with somebody because people say that all the time. They say, oh, I'm just debating with you. Debate has a winner or a loser. It does not equal connection with the person you're talking to. When you're trying to create connection, you're trying to create a win-win for both of you. And one of the things you can do to get there is to turn on your curiosity. So when you turn on the curiosity, what that means is, you take a deep breath, try to get control of your physical body because a lot of times when there's fear happening, when there's sadness happening, we have those physiological responses that are hard to control. That's fight or flight or freeze. You don't have much control over those things. So taking a deep breath actually tells your body, tells your heart rate to reduce so that you can gain control again. Now, being curious, what I want you to try is saying, hey, Help me understand this." So rather than, so you're asking an open-ended question, curiosity will allow you to gather data. And that's what you need in situations like this. Rather than accusing somebody and getting yourself or them backed into a corner, you need more data. You need more information. And using curiosity to do that can help you understand someone else's perspective and, under- and help you understand that maybe your perspective is not necessarily what is real. And I say this to my clients all the time. The mind is made to think. It is neither your ally nor your enemy. Your perspective isn't always correct. Second, the next thing I want you to try is rehumanization. (laughs) So there is a system at play right now that includes lots of different things, and I can probably do an entire episode of this on its own. But when I talk to my students that I have taught conflict management, one of the things that causes a ton of conflict is dehumanization, and it has been something that we have dealt with throughout our history in various, various ways. But right now in particular, that is one of the things we're dealing with. If you are in one camp, you're not in the other, and that means you're bad. So if you are blue or red, if you're a Democrat or Republican, or if you're a pro-life, pro-choice, whatever it is, whatever camp, you're Putting yourself or being put into that keeps you separate from another person, that keeps you disconnected from someone's humanness. And I actually argue, and this may not be a popular argument, but I argue that social media on its own is dehumanizing because we can just put something out into the world. And see no repercussions for it. You can yell about things, see no repercussions. And neither do you see a human face when you say those things. So, rehumanize. How I want you to do that is I want you to actually have a conversation with somebody in person. Now, it may not be possible for everyone. It might have to be a phone call where you actually have to hear someone's voice. And I want you to use that same other tool, that curiosity and rehumanization go together. They go right, they they stand right next to each other. They have to go together because for you to understand someone else's perspective, what their experience of the world is, you have to be curious about it and not immediately think that they are wrong just because they have different words than you, because they may disagree with you. Just because their experience is different than yours does not make it wrong. And just because your experience of it isn't the same as someone else's, it doesn't make it wrong. Here's the third thing. (laughs) I know we are all using social media. I I use social media all the time for my business. I use social media for my podcast, obviously. I really want you to log off. All of us need a social media day break. Walk away. Log off. You don't have to delete anybody. You don't have to, I mean, if you need to unfollow people from your feed, whatever. I don't, I'm not all invested in that. What I want you to do is log off the social media. Before you say something, if you feel afraid and scared, or again, angry because of something somebody else has said, log off. It's okay to seek in-person perspective. Call somebody you know, somebody you love, somebody you trust. Maybe ask that person that you know and trust and love if they've ever dealt with sexual assault and what life is like for them. They don't have to tell you their story because not everybody deserves our stories, right? But maybe try to understand what life has been like for them. Make it real for yourself. Make it concrete. Not just this thing you've seen on TV. Not just this post you've seen on Facebook. Not just this post you've seen anywhere else. Make it real. Because if it's real and if it's human, you're more likely to try and understand it rather than just put yourself or someone else backed into a corner and having reached no understanding at all. Just yelling into a black hole. I do want to say this because I think it's extremely important for people to understand and I'm going to put this into the show notes so that if you would like to read this yourself you are more than more than welcome to do so. I pulled up some of the research that I've read from the, my time doing work with perpetrators of sexual assault. And one of the research studies that I think is important to reference here is one that I actually used in my groups a lot because many times when clients were dealing with a a massive amount of shame and fear there is this deflection I didn't do it. I'm not that kind of person. Look at all of these people that love me and cherish me. They don't believe it either. There was lots and lots of that kind of deflection in the groups that I ran. Lots and lots of, there's no possible way. Because guess what? Again, our brain is neither our ally nor our enemy. And if we've done something that is absolutely completely different than our values, our brain will go to great mental gymnastics to convince ourselves otherwise does it make it any less true of the thing that we did no it does not (laughs) it just means that it's our brain's way of trying to protect ourselves from things that feel awful when you have to face something negative you've done or harm you've caused it's an incredibly difficult thing to do so, I just want to talk about this study really quick because I could go on in many, many rabbit trails here. <laughs> but this study is called False Allegations of Sexual Assault An Analysis of 10 Years of Reported Cases. Okay. So, this is not one study that was done for a limited amount of time for, on a small population. No, this is an analysis of 10 years, this is a large study. This study was done in 2010, and all of the authors and everything will be there so that if you would like to find it, it was very easy to find through Google Scholar, so I encourage you when you're logging off your social media, go right over to Google Scholar and, <laughs> and check this out if you'd like to. So the rate of sexual assault false accusations is between 2 and 10%. So we've studied this. Scientists have studied this very thing, and the rate of false accusations is between 2 and 10%. So, if that's the number, please add that to your data collection in your head. That more than likely, if someone is, sh- is sharing with you the harm that someone else has done to them, more than likely, what they are saying to you is true. More than likely, the pain they endured actually happened. And imagine what it does to that person when you question that, when you say to them, well, that's just one side of the story. It doesn't mean that false accusations don't happen, but what it does mean is that the percentage that they do happen is incredibly small. So please, add that to your information that you have in front of you. This this episode is not meant to be political, because guess what? Sexual assault is not political. It happens every single day. To children, to women, to men. To so many people across this world. And it causes irreparable damage to us. And it takes a lot of work to get through that. It takes a lot of work with people like me. People come to me. People come to my colleagues so that they can get through this pain, so that when they, when they face their families, when they, when they're with their friends, that they're completely there, they're present, they're connected to them, because pain like this disconnects you from others, makes you hurt, makes you scared. So to all of you that are afraid and scared, out there right now. Please get help. Please. If you need help finding a good therapist, I'm happy to do it. You can you can shoot me an email, Erica at ericamiley.com. I'm happy to help you find somebody in your area. If you're not in my area, which I my clients are Washington state. So if you're in Washington state and you need help through this, you you just contact me. I'm happy to help. And if I'm full, I will help you find somebody else as well. This is important. And again, it's not political. Thank you for getting through to the end of this episode. I know this episode's going to be tough. It's not the it's not my usual it's not the usual fun stuff. Because guess what? Sex is a lot of fun. Sexual assault. Again, remember, it's about power and control. It's not about sex, not about pleasure. So I will post again all of the information in the show notes. If you do, and if you do want to get in contact with me again, Erica at EricaMiley.com. You can find me on all the socials. Um, I'm pretty active on Instagram in particular, at Erica Miley Therapy. Uh, if you are enjoying the podcast, please jump on, subscribe, get that next episode right there downloaded to whatever device you're listening on. And uh, if you're using iTunes, jump on there and rate and review five stars because that's helped, that helps get this podcast found. I hope you all have a good week. Please find a way to take care of yourselves and maybe think about logging off. Till next time.